When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, fantasy football podcast, now a videocast as well. Uh, you can hear the podcast wherever you get your shows. Also, you can see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. Well, we're into week 10 now, and I think before we get started, we have to talk Steelers-Bears, huh? Monday Night Football. Uh, you first. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So, uh, well, I'll just say this. Since... Um, I can't talk about a win here. I can talk about Justin Fields' continuing growth. Well, I tell and, you, he was great, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. So he stacked another good outing on top of the previous 49ers game. And uh, I thought the Bears um, called a good mixture of run plays, play action pass. It got uh, Fields outside the pocket, a good mixture of drop back pass in there. But in the end, the, George, the Bears, I think, just made it too easy uh, for Pittsburgh with all the penalties. And the worst – probably the last one against Cassius Mars there, who I don't even know, did he get in the game other than that one play? Maybe another? But yeah, he, had, he had a few plays, uh, you know. He, or, he damn near got, you know. He damn near got pass blocked to the ground. Yeah. And just happened to be there when Roethlisberger gets flushed out of the pocket and then for some reason afterward makes this karate chop move that no one gave a crap about, yeah. but then stares down the the Steelers sideline as if they've never covered that before in a meeting. Yeah. So it's just complete stupidity that contributed. Didn't, didn't, I mean, Pittsburgh dominated the game for the most part, but that certainly contributed to them winning the game near the end. Yeah. They, I couldn't believe how many, they had a well over a hundred yards in penalties and yeah. it was, I mean, every time they had something and you know, there was a couple of penalties toward the end of the game. I know it looked like a, a roughing the passer on, um, on uh, Hightower, uh, and when I looked at the replay again, I mean the call, the play didn't get called, uh, and it would have been uh, would have put the Bears in a great position to score. And when he he kind of came uh, came from behind another player, and Fields had already let go of the ball. Yeah, right. But if you look at the angle, Hightower, uh, Highsmith, excuse me, uh, Highsmith right. never never would have known that. You know, and he just played through the play and played through the whistle, so to speak. Uh, I think the interesting thing about the Steelers right now is the development of Pat Fryermuth. I mean, he is a touchdown or two every game for the last four, I think, four weeks. Yeah. And he is, I mean, the one catch he made in the end zone for a touchdown was just incredible. I mean, to be able to hang on to that as a rookie, you know, and I love this kid. I loved him when he, when they first uh, drafted him. The only thing I didn't like is his name because it's hard to pronounce at times, you know, but or you can just go the out. route of the Steelers fans in the stadium that whenever he touches the ball or does anything, <laughs> it's like 80,000 moves people go all at once. So, you know, it, you're right though. Like, he has come on. It's sort of like the second coming of Heath Miller, who was probably the, one of the greatest tight ends in Steeler history, but here's an interesting st stat for you. The two longest winning streaks in the NFL right now, the Steelers have won four in a row. The Lions up next. The Titans have won five in a row, and they face the Saints next. So 
is this a wacky NFL season or what? <laughs> uh, for a lot of reasons, yeah. absolutely. Unbelievable. Anyway, this is another bye week. We have the Bears, Bengals, Texas, and Giants uh, all on buys this week. So if you do have anybody on those teams, you'll be looking for some replacement action. Uh, the winners this week, Lamar Jackson, 266 in the air, three TDs, 120 on the ground. Justin Herbert, 356, a pair of TDs passing and one rushing. John Johnson of the Jets at 317, three TDs. And props to Carson Wentz, 272, three TDs and no picks, which was kind of uh, the interesting part about that one. And I'll give some props, too, to Justin Fields. And he's starting to play consistent now every week. He is. And he added nearly 300, I think it was 291 or something through the air. Uh, with a touchdown and another 45 on the ground. And you got Baker Mayfield, who I think is kind of settling in now to who he is. He's not the guy that's going to dominate week to week. He's the guy that's going to execute a game plan. And I thought he did a great job of that. Not great, you know, like not uh, explosive stats, but he threw for a couple hundred yards with a uh, pair of touchdowns. Didn't make any, really any mistakes. And the the I think the bigger name guy that, has kind of had a quiet, good season at times is Matt Ryan. And with the game-winning field goal drive to beat New Orleans, and here he goes for well over 300 yards, a couple of passing touchdowns, even got in the end zone with a rush. And, you know, here, here was the scenario again where back in the Super Bowl, however many years ago that was, where they blew that 28-3 to lead against the Patriots. This seemed like another one they were blowing, and then eventually – he uh, works some magic with Cordero Patterson and then seals the game with the field goal at the end. So I thought that was a big, uh, a big game for Matt Ryan personally. Among the running backs, someone in this room last week made fun of me for uh, saying that, that James Conner was going to have a breakout week. And all he did was lead all running backs 40 fantasy points based on 96 yards, 77 receiving and three touchdowns. So, that that was a big bonus. Would you like some whipped cream on top of, yeah, of all yeah, that? Yeah, just all right. do this, okay? <laughs> I'll go this one, too. Uh, so, anyway, Jonathan Taylor, 172 yards rushing. Paris scores. Nick Chubb was back uh, for 137 and two scores. We'll talk about him coming up here. And Cordell Patterson with six catches for 126 yards. It's more like a receiver than, than a running back these days anyway, so. I agree with you. And here, you took pretty much all the home run hitters, so I'll stick with the stand-up double guys. So Alvin Kamara went for 50 yards rushing, over 50 yards receiving at the Falcons. Uh, you got the giant Savante Booker, who's filling in for um, um, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. He went for 99 yards rushing on, and uh, added another 23 through the air on three catches. Versus the Raiders, you got McCaffrey back against New England, who also put up a combined over 100 yards uh, from scrimmage So in his first game back. So I thought that was impressive. Wide receivers, Elijah Moore, the Jets, Devonta Smith, and Keenan Allen, Marquise Brown, along with, I'm going to try to pronounce this guy's name, Olamide Zacchaeus of the Falcons. You guys uh, close as anyone yeah. I've heard so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, that's more difficult than Fryermuth. Uh, and his he had, Falcons, he had two TDs, of course, mentioned Fryermuth. Kittle, Kelsey, and Waller, all tight ends had strong nights, and they're all the, uh, the top tight ends, and they had really good weeks. So uh, we, we, it was just a good, strong week for named tight ends anyway. Well, one name we haven't mentioned in a while is the Rams, Robert Woods, yeah. who he went for 98 yards on seven catches and actually over 100 combined if you add in that six-yard carry he had. And you got the tight end, tight, going to the tight ends. You got Cole Komet, who had his 
best game, I think, as a pro on six catches for 87 yards. And then the one nobody saw coming was a guard-eligible Danny Pincher for the Colts and the two-yard touchdown he had. And uh, I, I get a rebound game, I think, for Christian Kirk, who'd been very quiet this year, but then he went nearly 100 yards. I think he got 91 on six catches. Yeah, Kirk, Kirk we're going to talk about him a little bit when we talk about the Arizona game. Uh, he's really uh, came from – was a guy who a couple of years ago – was really ready to break out, then kind of slipped, and now he's back in there. Uh, the losers, the guy we mentioned every week, Julio Jones, uh, not expected in the losers' brackets this week. Tyree Kill, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones, Mac Jones, anybody named Jones, it seems, uh, Joe Burrow, Sam Darnold, who threw three interceptions this week. So we like the Steelers, Big Ben and Pat Farmouth. Both had good games. Farmouth led the tight ends, had two scores. Justin Herbert, we like. Matt Ryan, as you mentioned. I said James Conner would have that uh, breakout game. He outdid all RBs. Uh, Patterson, Kamara, and Taylor. And we were also high on Cup, Renfro, and Pittman. They all had good weeks. I'll throw another name out there, along with Justin Fields. And uh, guy that really not too many people have talked about, at least week to week, and that's uh, Philly's Jalen Hurts. He did not blow the doors off the Chargers by any means statistically, but he was very efficient, no mistakes or turnovers, uh, made runs and throws, uh, especially on that game-tying drive at the end and uh, threw a nice pass to Devontae Smith. Um, and I think that helps – well, it did. It sent the game into overtime. And then you mentioned Wentz earlier, and I just want to say as a QB and a leader, he fell under a ton of um, skeptical criticism last week and then to go all week long, have to sit on that, and then come out and play the way he did, I thought was huge. And then I'll say this about Mac Jones. Um, you put him in the loser category, and I think fantasy-wise, that was true last week. But as a quarterback, as a young quarterback especially, he's played unbelievably consistent. And is a big part why New England has won three in a row and their last four out of the five. So we've had several instances of news breakout, and not all of it good at by any means there was the henry ruggs car crash which happened just after we recorded last week and his career is over uh the aaron Rodgers immunizations fiasco odell beckham finally being released uh, he's on waivers the raiders releasing uh, damon arnett after he brandished a gun and threatened to kill someone on a video that went viral um you care to pick any of these i mean we haven't even heard from ray caruth who went who got out of prison who went to prison for murder, served 15 years, and was released in 2018. We haven't heard anything from him, which is probably not a bad thing. So what, what's going on in the NFL? I mean, this, this year, it seems like there are more instances of these types of things. And I don't know whether it's a reflection of society or just a reflection of, you know, COVID or whatever. Just give me your thoughts on it. Let me, okay, so I'll just say regarding COVID, okay, was, even though it broke out, we did have a quiet 2020 uh, COVID-wise, but the effects have eventually worked their way into this year in the NFL. And the subject I'll take on here is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, came into this season playing this cryptic word game back and forth with the Packers front office, plays horrible along with the team in week one in the loss of New Orleans. And then he and the team catch fire and then something unexplicable. I can't explain why he would lie about being in, what is it? Uh, immunized. <laughs> what he immunized when, you know, he's playing a freaking word game here. Yeah. So, and it, and it turns out that he was lying and he wasn't vaccinated. And the thing that bothers me about this is that he not only put his own team in harm's way health wise, 
but he put his own team and the other team, which happened to be the Chiefs this week, in harm's way financially. Because he could have, had they forfeited, he could have been part of the reason why. And then no one's getting game checks. And so I think that is boggles my mind why he wanted, what he's now become, what's going to be part of his leg- legacy to me, uh, not unlike Brett Favre is near the end of his career is when he's doing stupid stuff. Yeah. And so that is part, even though he's going to make the Hall of Fame along with Brett Favre, Brett Favre is part joke because of what he ended up doing at the end of his career. And I think Aaron Rodgers, for whatever reason, has now on his own entered that category. You know, it, it's interesting to, to look at it. I mean, I think what turned a lot of people off even before this incident came to light was you may remember the news conference he held where they were still in the negotiations and he made a big deal about people want to come to Green Bay because they want to play with me. That's yeah. it. They want to play with me. Not they don't, I don't want to play with the Packers. They want to play with me. And that, I think, I know turned me off and turned a lot of people off. And then you throw all this other stuff on top of it. And I know we had um, uh, earlier in the offseason when we were talking to all the reporters, uh, the reporter for the, for the Packers, uh, made a big point of saying that he has changed his social dynamic where he's no longer, he was a guy who was so devoted to his family in his early years of his career. Now it's totally the opposite where his dad has to go out and buy tickets, you know, to see him play. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't know what's going on with him. I, you know, I, maybe if uh, it, it's one of those things that he's going to have to face for the rest of his career, uh, however long that lasts. And like you said, in the after of his career. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame, but. There's an asterisk on, yeah. on hanging over that, right? Exactly. exactly. All right. Well, hey, let's jump on to the games. Uh, we have the Ravens and the Dolphins. Uh, keep an eye on Marquise Brown as he's fighting an injury. Rashad Bateman, uh, a rookie, should be a pickup uh, as far as he's a pickup the slack guy with this. And in an ad week from the waiver wires, he had five catches last week. And that's enough to draw some attention against Miami. Play Devonta Freeman while Andrews and Jackson, of course, are always a play. And for the Dolphins, from what it looks like and what I've heard, two is going to play this week. And if so, I'd consider starting him. He's played well fantasy-wise lately, and the Ravens like to blitz a lot. And Tua, Tua, to me, has shown that he can dissect pressure. And so Waddle's been solid lately, so has Gusecki at tight end. So I think there's at least two or three names out there that I consider. Sunday, let's uh, take the Bills and Jets. Josh Johnson looked really good against the Bills' defense. Uh, he's a, But, you know, really, he, he's a future pick only. If, if he's good this week, so Elijah Moore will be good this week. But he's also a good pickup. But both, I, I really think they're both good future picks. I just can't see um, uh, them playing against the, the Bills, even though uh, they looked really good last week. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say about last week as far as the Bills go, but they were coming off a bye. And if you look at the three games they had coming off the bye, they looked like three wins, like just show up and win. Dolphins, Jags, and Jets. And so they took care of the Dolphins stumbled against the Jags. I don't think they're going to do the same thing against the Jets. And I think that if we're going to see the Bills become the contender we all think they're going to be, then this is a game they have to win. And uh, Josh Johnson, for as good as he looked, he's a third-team quarterback. And um, not he's not bad, but the Bills have a good defense, and they should be able to rebound. Um, they still don't have a running game, and that's why I think people like Diggs and Sanders and Beasley – 
we'll all get back on track along with Josh Allen. Buccaneers at Washington, even against the Bucs, I like McLaurin and Gibson, but really that's kind of all, all that I really like on the Washington squad. And both of these teams are coming off buys and losses. And I th- I expect Brady in the passing game to light it up. Um, I also expect Lenny Fournette, as I'm hearing he's now being called, uh, is going to blast his way into the end zone at least a couple times. Falcons and Cowboys, I see the Cowboys in a bounce-back mode here. I like Zeke. And didn't have a great week last week, but you got to give him the ball. I like Schultz. I like Cooper and C.D. Lamb, of course. But you got to think Malik Turner, who's likely just a one-week wonder and really only a future pickup on the waiver wires. Uh, he's going to draw some attention this week after the week that he had. And and Dak, well, I think Dak's going to have a field day. Well, I'd stick with Corderell Patterson if I have him. He's big. He's fast. He's a mismatch. Anytime. Matt Ryan has him match up on a linebacker, either come out of the backfield or split out wide. I also might start Matt Ryan. Uh, if my starting quarterback were on a buy, and I didn't, uh, if Matt were not my starting quarterback, this is a week I think I'd start him. Um, uh, you know, because this is like, if the only guy you'd have right now on a buy would be Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, remember that Saints D that Ryan just carved up is on a par with the Cowboys defense as well. Saints and Titans, uh, Titans defense destroyed the Rams. And for no reason, there's no reason to think they won't be as nearly as competitive against the Saints. I'm liking Jeff Swaim and, of course, A.J. Brown. I think Swaim is a sleeper pick. I'm not sold on Tannehill. And while Adrian Peterson's a nice story, I really think he's an emergency flex only. And for the Saints, until Michael Thomas laces them up again, the only weapon I currently see on that roster is Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Jaguars and Colts. Where on earth did Carson Wentz come from? I mean, did he get something from some psychic or what? I mean, it was like he was there. It was like a, a Carson Wentz was supposed to be there in every game. 22 of 30, 272, three touchdowns, no picks. I like to say he'll do as good against the Jags, but doesn't seem to handle the prosperity well. So if you have to play him, I say play him. You definitely play Pittman, Taylor, and Hines. Hines is an emergency bye week uh, player, e- even though, I mean, he's an NC State guy. <laughs> you didn't well, think I, I'd remember that, did you? Way to push that in there. <laughs> I like it. So, unfortunately, the Jags, they only play offense long enough for their defense to get a rest <laughs> and then come back out again. So, there's no Jag player I'd start. Um, let me just say this about Carson Wentz, though. I'd like uh, – he's had several good games this year. Uh, not all have been great, but it has several. So I'd actually start him against the Jaguars, and that's not a defense that I'd count on to put two games back-to-back, and that being the Jaguars. I, when I look at Wentz, it's just like every other week. And, and the way the NFL goes this year, it's like, okay, a guy's got a great week and he's played a crappy team, and then bingo, he gets destroyed. So, you know, it's just, it, it's just in my mind, I'm, I'm having this issue. I, I got you. Josh game. Allen, quarterback owners, were saying the same thing going into <laughs> last week, too. Yeah. Lions and Steelers. Steelers have been playing just enough to get by. Six points, the total spread in the past two games, 15 to 10, and a one-point victory this week. It's like the old Steelers in a way. You play down to the competition, just doing enough to win. And I believe they will outplay the Lions this week because the Lions are so bad. So, Ben, if you must, Najee, of course, all the receivers, including my new best friend, Pat Firemuth, he is a player. The Lions are coming off a bye. The problem is they got blown out 44-6 to by Philly the week before that. If the Lions are uh, coming the, off a bye, that's a win. Well, it's not a lot. It was guaranteed not lost week. Uh, the only fantasy starter I see with the Lions is T.J. Hawkinson. 
um, who, despite the loss, came away last game with 10 for 89 yards. Yeah. Uh, the problem is he hasn't scored in about in the last six games. Did they bench golf this week? Did I hear that? I coming into this week, I didn't hear that. Oh, I don't know. Okay, I'm just just curious. I, maybe somebody somebody was telling me in my ear that uh, maybe golf should be benched. Maybe that was <laughs> it. Wouldn't shock me. I mean, no, they're, they're stirring either. it up. They're stirring up the pot over there. Browns of Patriots, this should prove interesting. Uh, Damian Harris is a stud, but went out with a head injury last week. So he's questionable at best. But play play him if he's healthy. If not, I'd go with Bolden because Stevenson, who was the backup to Harris, was also having a good game. And then he went down with a head injury. Uh, John o. Smith is questionable. And while I like Mac Jones, I don't like him this week. Yeah, well, one guy that won't be available for the Browns this week is Odell. Um, obviously gone now to, I think, to the Raiders, you said. So uh, with this morning's update and Nick Chubb coming down with COVID, uh, we're back to Dearness Johnson. Yeah. And, hey, the last time he showed up in this situation where he was the only available running back, he went off. I'm not saying he's going to go off like Nick Chubb did last week, but they, they're dedicated to run the ball, and they got a good offensive line up front doing it. Um, I'd also consider Baker Mayfield. Um, he's not probably not likely to explode for, say, 400 yards and four touchdowns passing, but – He's solid. And then the other guy who stepped up was Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, in his last three games, he's, he's been solid in every single one of them. And now with Beckham gone, this is an opportunity for him to maybe step up into that first or second role with the Browns. Any thoughts about where Beckham's going to end up? I mean, there are a lot of teams out there that could use a prime receiver. And I, I think he's still in his prime in the last few years. It just nobody throws him the ball. Well, one team that I heard being tossed around as, as a possibility would be the Buccaneers. Um, you know, they don't, they haven't had that sort of, as you were mentioning before, when it comes to wins, they haven't had a guy really other than um, Brown, Antonio Brown, that can consistently week in and week out show up and produce. And I'm not saying that Beckham's at that stage in his career any longer, but he might be a spark plug for that offense. You know, the interesting thing about that is if he does end up with the Buccaneers, that means two AFC, the two best receivers at one time in the AFC North, Antonio Brown and, and Odell Beckham would end up, uh, even though he had his best years in New York, but I mean, they would both end up with the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. That's scary. God, that's scary. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I haven't heard Brady yet come out though and say, you know, yeah. people come to Tampa Bay to play with me. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Vikings, Although they probably Jar do. I, you know, what was it, uh, the story that he calls people on their birthdays, even if they're not playing for him? That, you know, that's kind of so – if you like him or you hate him, it doesn't really matter. you got to give him the credit for that. Vikings and Chargers. Kirk Cousins uh, looked good this past week. So did the Vikings defense. i got to believe Thielen is better than just two catches this week. I also like Cook and Conklin, uh, who's really come on lately. And I think Jefferson gets shut out or close to it. I just think that uh, the, the double team there is just going to be too much, and I just don't think they're going to get him the ball. Well, I'll go full throttle on the Chargers. Herbert, Eckler, Allen. Um, I'll even throw in the six-foot-eight-inch tight end, Donald Parham, who scored last week. In the last four games, he's caught three touchdowns, so he's definitely becoming a target in the red zone. Uh, Panthers at Cardinals. Cardinals are banged up. But I'd stick with James Conner as an RB1. I think he's proved him, uh, he's, he's there. Uh, Christian Kirk saw a spark of life. We mentioned him earlier, and I think he is ready to bust out again. Uh, Ertz definitely played. Now, Kyler Murray still may not play due to an ankle injury, which takes away a huge part of his game, even if he is going to play. So don't go overboard on Colt McCoy, but he may be the guy this week in Arizona. Uh, 
Well, with Carolina's newfound problems at quarterback, uh, the only player I'd start is now the newly revived Christian McCaffrey. And as I've mentioned before, that first week back when a player comes back from injury isn't necessarily his week to assert himself as though he was never gone. Although McCaffrey showed up and put up, like I said, over 100 yards from scrimmage, both running and passing, didn't get in the end zone, but I think we can all see that he's coming on. And so that's the guy that I'd play if I had Carolina. Nobody else, though. No one's – their offense just isn't consistent enough. Eagles and Broncos, last week I almost made a push. I sat here and I almost made a push for Jordan Howard, and all he did was rush for 71 yards. And I like him again this week. Uh, Devonta Smith has come to play, so let's start him. Much of his output depends, however, on Jalen Hurts, who isn't getting a lot done. You mentioned earlier he's, he's managing the game and doing well with that. Statistically, not, not so much. Uh, I think the Eagles will let him fly this week, and I think that's going to be a big bonus, and I think he's a solid start against the Broncos, even though the Broncos are tough. And they're back on a roll again. They won a couple, and they played great defense against the Cowboys. Bridgewater distributed the ball effectively, Again, not great numbers for him, but he didn't make any mistakes. And then both Williams and Gordon went off running the ball this week. I think that's going to be their formula going forward. Play good defense, run the ball, make plays in the passing game when they're there. So I'd consider starting Williams and Gordon, at least as flex plays, because they both contribute in the passing game. Seahawks and Packers, Russell Wilson scheduled back. And if he is back, I think he's going to be ready to play. Just that kind of player. If he is, it means good news for Metcalf and Lockett owners. I do like Gerald Everett this week. I think he's a safe play. And you got the Packers. Well, we talked about Rodgers earlier. So he is expected to be cleared by Saturday to play. And if he is, I'd start him along with all the other Packer receivers. Aaron Jones, on the other hand, at running back has been a disappointment all year. So I'm not starting him. If Rodgers doesn't play, then at least in this case, love is not all you need, and I wouldn't start any Packers player. Chiefs and Raiders talk about a team in disarray. Gruden, Ruggs, now Arnett. Kudos for Derek Carr for just continuing to play with this. Uh, Renfro, Waller, and Jacobs, and last week I said Drake, and he did catch six for 70 yards or 16 fantasy points in PPR, which is okay. I like him again. Uh, the Raiders did go out and sign 34-year-old Deshaun Jackson. And I would expect him to have an immediate impact. Uh, and with a half dozen targets or so, and half of them in the long variety, uh, I think he's a good buy pickup this week. Well, as I've mentioned for now a couple of weeks at least, Mahomes appears to be the weak link in Kansas City. And I don't think anyone can figure it out. I sure can't. And last week was his worst game as a pro. Um, running back Bear Williams, though, was solid, has 70 yards uh, rushing, didn't get in the end zone. Kelsey was solid again with another 68 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but as far as Casey goes, that was about it. And, you know, I think possibly Tyreek Hill, um, you know, if you're willing, if, you, if you've got a spot reserved for a guy that could potentially hit back-to-back-to-back home runs, great. But he could also whiff on three straight strikes and come up like last week with, Four catches for 37 yards. Look at you with the baseball reference. My gosh. <laughs> I once played in high school. Yeah, there you go. Rams and 49ers, an ancient rivalry. And I got to believe Sean McVay will have his troops ready after that devastating loss of the Titans. Uh, Rams D should be back. I think Matthew Stafford should be back, although an injured ankle could keep him out. If so, John Wolford is manageable, but there are better options out there, I got to think. And while you know you're going to play Cup, Woods is a strong option here uh, this week as well. You know, I'm nervous about the Niners. Uh, they're not playing the Bears this week. Otherwise, I'd start them all. 
Um, but after the loss in Arizona, Shanahan appeared to be disappointed with Garoppolo's play. Uh, at times, Garoppolo plays uninspired. Uh, but now that Kittle's back, he's a guy that I'd start, along with Debo Samuel. Um, Ayuk is consideration, but prior to last week, uh, he's been invisible this year. So, I, again, the Niners make me a little nervous, but at least you got a couple solid starts there with Kittle and Debo Samuel. And there you have it, Kramer and Brill, Fantasy Football Podcast, now a videocast too. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lipsum, Odyssey, wherever you get your shows. And now you can also see the videocast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. For my friend and colleague, Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill.